Welcome to the Truth CSGO podcast, episode 25. Today, it's all about IEM Sydney 2018. I was lucky enough to attend as media. So we've got a rundown of all three days, a first-hand account, in fact, interviews with fans, impressions of the crowd, and of course, the major storylines. Are we rushing in, or are we going sneaky-beaky-like? So over the course of the three days at the Kudos Bank Arena in Sydney, I got over six hours of interviews. And instead of loading up this episode so that it's a monster, I'm going to just include the uh, audience interviews and the fan interactions that I had on site. And I'll do a rundown of the matches and the major storylines in this episode. And then I'm going to release subsequent interviews with each team member, basically day after day. So the Australis interviews, the SK interviews, etc., etc. Um, But let's start with some of the interviews I got walking around, getting my impressions of the arena on day one. Did you just get a goodie bag? Yeah. Would you like to tell us what's in your goodie bag? Uh, no, not really, sorry. Are you guys going for Renegades today? Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> well, this guy's wearing a Fnatic jersey, though. Uh, He's about to buy a Renegade shirt. He's about to buy a Renegade shirt, don't worry. Are you actually? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> and what about this man back here with an old oh, face jersey? I'm trying to get this filth off. I need to go to the merch shop. <laughs> burn it. Go and burn it now. Oh, I will. I'll see you later, man. <laughs> Are you guys all good mates? I've got four of you here. You're all wearing... We're from Perth. You're from Perth? Yeah, we just literally met in the line, so... You met in the line today? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah You've all got different jerseys, though. One, you're Australis. Australis, yeah, of course. What are you? FaZe Clan? No, uh, Cloud9. You bet I'm for Renegades, boys. And you've got the old FaZe jersey. OG fan. Did you see them here last year? Uh, we did, yeah. That was, that was crazy. That was gnarly. Do you think they've got a chance this year? They've got it this year. I reckon they've got it this really? year. Really? They've had, they've had, they haven't had a good start, but... Australis got it in the bag. You reckon? Yeah, I reckon. Are you, are you one of these young men's mothers? Yes, I'm his mother. I may be the only mother in the entire stadium, so far as I can tell. How do you feel about your son shooting other people online? He's shown no interest in shooting people in real life and he's vegan and very anti-guns, so it doesn't bother me, it's strategic. What, now why are you wearing a FaZe jersey? You're surrounded by Renegades fans. Renegades aren't playing first game. Oh, so you're going to change? Yeah, I've got me, I've got... That shirt in here, I'm changing. You're the Madonna of uh, Counter-Strike fans. 100%. Who's little boy is this? Is this your son? No, 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 no. How old are you, sir? 13. 13? And you're lined up, you're the first to get into the doors here today? Yeah. Where's your parents? No comment. Why does this rain look alike wearing a phase jersey? Is it because of your haircut? That's actually, that is That is. You are rain. Cool. So Harvard, uh, how are you looking to... uh, Fair against Fnatic today. What's your game plan? We don't have one as of right now. <laughs> Silver struts it, the whole time. It's Silver struts the whole time, really. Matt Carrigan. We send Nico just wide swing everything. Rain, you haven't been playing as well as you used to last I have year. Not been. What's happened to you? Have you met a girl? He met a man. He met a man. He met a boy. What's funny about that, KNG? Hey, come chat to me when you've gone making love to your boyfriend, Thorin. 
Why are you wearing a Fnatic jersey? Oh, because we're the best. Who are you looking? Who are you looking for the big plays from? I don't care as long as I see Flush a smash a desk once. Uh, I've just found two people who are from Brazil. You're both from Brazil. Yeah, yeah. Have you come here just for Counter Strike? Yeah. Yes. So there are a couple of interviews that I somehow lost. Couldn't find them on the SD card when I came back to the media room. One of them in particular was interesting. Uh, there was a woman sitting up the back of the amphitheater on the middle row with, I guess, what looked like her husband. And she seemed a bit out of place. So I, so I asked if I could speak to her. And she turned out to be the mother of William Gray, the enigmatic owner and creator of Greyhound. Greyhound, the Australian team who took SK out of the competition, seemingly coming from absolutely nowhere. These guys used to be, I think it was Team Immunity. And William Gray basically seemed to have bought the entire roster uh, only about three or four months ago. I think it was three or four months ago. And um, she was very proud of her son. She was uh, very proud of what he's what he'd been up to and uh, seemed like a very loving mother. I asked her if uh, the boys had been around for dinner and she said yes. I asked her if you know they, they were the sort of boys who did the dishes and she said no, 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 no. she does the dishes. So they've been spoiled. They've had a mother's love, it appears, and um, and that seems to have helped these boys come from absolute zero to heroes. Uh, one of the other interviews I found funny, which I wish I could have included, was a couple of lads with Australian flag capes who had made themselves, or printed out, I should say, this enormous poster of Eustillo's head on a giant lobster. And uh, when questioned as to the purpose of this poster... They said, well, Eustillo's a lobster, Tom. And I thought Eustillo was a monster, but they assured me that overnight on Twitch chat, Eustillo had somehow become a lobster. And that very morning, one of them had snuck into work and basically printed out, I guess, $80 worth of printing for this poster. So a lot of dedication there. Very funny to see. <clears throat> The games of day one were FaZe vs. Fnatic and Mouseports vs. Renegades. And uh, FaZe won the first game 2-1, the first match 2-1. First series, I should say, 2-1 against Fnatic. This was a <clears throat> nice bit of revenge for Fnatic's victory over them in the finals of Katowice. Fnatic didn't look particularly together. It was as if the glue and that sort of trio of Crims, JW and Flusher had come unstuck somewhat. Uh, Crims's massive plays at the beginning of the year weren't happening here. He just didn't seem like the absolute killer we've seen. Uh, Lecro was seemingly the only one who kind of had a little bit of consistency in how he was fragging. And I think he did not fail to deliver. Unfortunately, the rest of the team, <clears throat> for whatever reason, couldn't hold up to FaZe in this one. FaZe, I thought, were looking better, even though it was a bit of a struggle for them. I thought they were looking better than uh, in Katowice. They looked a little more composed, a little more like the front line was solid as opposed to jagged, if you know what I'm saying. There was less surging on the parts of different players, less individual plays, a little more teamwork, a little more patience. Uh, Mouseports versus Renegades. Mouseports won this 2-1, but this was probably the most enjoyable match I actually got to watch in its entirety uh, simply because the crowd was so nuts for the players, especially Nifty, whose name they chanted on Inferno when Nifty dropped a 50 bomb with his orping. I had not paid much attention to Nifty before this. I didn't really know him from a bar of soap. Uh, I'd known how Naf was looking before he was replaced, uh, before he went to Team Liquid, I should say. Um, but Nifty is definitely now on the radar of myself and... <laughs> 
most of Australia, it would seem. He doesn't seem too fussed about it when I spoke to him. Um, but he's uh, honorary Australian, I think, from this point on. Mouse sports. Mouse sports didn't have any of the advantages here. They seemed quite tired. They seemed like they had a bit of jet lag. <clears throat> and, of course, the crowd were against them. People were chanting, fuck you, Rops, fuck you, which I thought was a bit too much. <clears throat> Pardon me. I mean, the lad's only, what, 19, 20? Um, and he was he was killing it. Uh, and so hopefully he's got enough... Um, Got enough, uh, how should I say it, enough posture, enough emotional posture in his personality to realize that uh, this was probably the highest compliment you could get as a player. Such was the passion of the Australian fans and the respect for his skill in the maps and in the server. Um, Chris J didn't say in his interview that they were jet lagged. He brushed it off. But I did think Sonny looked like he was ready for bed. His mouth was hanging open at one point and I felt sorry for them. Anyway, it didn't hurt their didn't hurt their victory here. And to their credit, the crowd didn't seem to bother them either. I did question the um the coach actually, who wasn't kind of seemingly doing too much. He was just sitting back in a chair uh, sort of uninterestedly watching the match. Um but I guess it doesn't I guess I guess the I guess the team didn't actually need him at all. Now the question on my lips is what's going to happen to the core of JKS Azar and Ustillo? Um if you remember correctly I heard a little rumor through the Rush B podcast actually that one of those team members was going to be replaced. But with a juicy run like this, this is probably the deepest we've seen them in a while in uh, such a high level tournament uh it surely would be madness to chuck any of them out now. With the bathwater, I think um, we may have possibly seen the ceiling of this team. Those guys have been around playing together for a while now. So, look, I mean, maybe the confidence of this tournament is going to give them a lot more juice in the future. I think to, to end this, I'm going to go back to this 13-year-old boy who you might have heard in the interviews and who I bumped into again on the second day, whose level of analysis, look, outshines my own 10 to 1. So uh, you must be disappointed at the boys' loss yesterday. Yeah, I mean, I am, but I mean, it was still a great show. Amazing show. Yeah. I didn't realise Nifty was so good. I mean, he's actually been pretty good the past couple of months, I mean. Has he? Yeah. But that good? Yeah, no, not 50 frags. That was outrageous good. Yeah, that was pretty outrageous, but, and I hope to see more from them in the future, right? Yeah. I mean, it's just that I think that now they put on a better game in the end and stuff. You'll be pleased to know I did locate that boy's parents eventually. His father was seated on the ground reading a book, very happy to chat. Didn't know anything about Counter-Strike, and nor did the mother, who had been uh, doing shifts with the father on subsequent days. Uh, Isn't it interesting that a a child's passion can develop so richly and yet so independent from the parents? Anyway, let's move on to day two. So day two was Tai Lu versus FaZe and Mouseports versus Stralis. Now Tai Lu, this is one of the deepest runs they've had in a while. They had some uh, great stages, uh, great great matches in the group stages. They had a very convincing victory over Cloud9. I think it was 2-0. But FaZe just proved a little bit too much for them. I think up until this point, Bentet was the highest rated player in the entire tournament. So he'd been dominating. And uh, DD especially stepped up in Inferno against FaZe, which they managed to take from FaZe, the second map, winning at 16-9. Somebody also was showing up accurate or excurate. He 
didn't quite show up that day. Uh, I interviewed him, I think, the day before. And he did speak about the disparity in experience in the team. He didn't feel as experienced, especially with the big games, as the rest of the team. He didn't feel as confident. And I felt like we did see quite a few oh, clumsy whiffs from him on the orb. So if he manages to get his nerves together, get get more lands under his belt, I think we're going to see a much better player than we saw here. It was a shame that he couldn't keep it together for this matchup because it would have been tight. They did... They did take nine rounds off phase in each of the maps they lost, so it wasn't a, it wasn't a run over. Um, this is also interesting that Tai Lu participated in this kind of sort of oceanic run that the uh, oceanic region teams had, the APAC region teams had, and uh, whether or not it's the support of the crowd or simply the fact that they weren't as jet lagged as everyone else, I don't know. Maybe it's just our time. But it was great to see Tyloo actually take some big some big scalps at this event. Uh, Mouse Sports versus Stralis. Unfortunately for Mouse Sports, they were the villains once again today, purely purely for the fact that they'd beaten Renegades the day before. Uh, they still didn't let it get to them. But yeah, Stralis has a knack of making puggier teams look scrappy, and they certainly did it with Mouse Sports on this map. They were scrappy. Oscar seemed that he like seemed like he'd lost confidence. And there was sort of no match, really, for the structure of Astralis. One of the things I spoke about with Chris J in our interview was the confidence they started one of the recent matches uh, with against NIP online for ECS, where they just exploded. It was Inferno, and they just exploded down Banana round after round, basically rushing. Chris J rushing with a Max 10, Oscar rushing with an AWP. But then losing that map, and then the next one that they played against NIP in what seemed like an insane turnaround. And he spoke about, I think it was, maybe it was Sticko in an interview, spoke about the confidence they lost from those maps. Chris J said it didn't really bother him, but the team did seem rattled. They didn't seem like they had the confidence that we'd seen from them at the beginning of the year that won them a few titles and uh, and, and that we were looking for in Marseille as well. And perhaps it's uh, it's just that that team needs a little more structure. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's a mystery still. You'll have to listen to the Chris J interview though because I think we unravel a few of them. Um, Australis were seeming unstoppable at at this point. Absolutely unstoppable. But let's get on to day three before this episode goes on too long. And we're going to start with some of the interviews again from around the audience. The atmosphere was absolutely electric. Everyone was looking forward to the grand final and also especially the show match. And OJ Borg did a great job of introducing Henry G as the villain and Sponge as the hometown hero. The first interview you'll hear is with Giuliano, who I called uh, Giuliana. (laughs) You'll hear what happens. Just found Juliana from the female CSGO community, star of the scene, but your voice is not so good. No, I lost it yesterday, so. Who were you screaming for yesterday? Um, Nobody, actually. (laughs) I wasn't screaming for anyone. I was, oh, I can't talk. (laughs) (laughs) That's the end of the interview. Thank you very much. So I've just found two lads who've got, this is the Danish flag it on your indeed, face. It is the Danish flag, yep, yep. And you've got Australis yeah. on your face. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Read me the front of your shirt. It says, could pre be my dad? 
Do you not have a dad? <coughs> I do, but I would like a replacement right now. Uh, why, would, why would Dupree make a better dad than yours? Oh, well, I don't think I can answer that now. That's a bit offensive to my poor father. <coughs> but you'll, you'll be anonymous. You can, you can anonymous? say Anonymous? All right. Well, yeah, uh, I love you, Dad. But uh, listen, Dupree, he's a sexy man. He's going to be a sexy dad. I feel like he'll just lead me into uh, late adolescence very well. Why are two Australian lads as yourselves such Australis fans? Yeah, they're the Davis boys. They're the last team we actually uh, can get behind. And we're not fans of FaZe anyway. Yeah, no. So anyone but FaZe. Yeah, so FaZe down, be... boys. FaZe down. Why are you not fans of FaZe? Oh, they're ugly. Yeah. Ugly. Yeah. So it all comes down to aesthetics for you. Yeah. It's aesthetics, <laughs> man. It's always aesthetics. Have you seen Dupree's hair? Holy yeah. moly. Magic's go. hair. Oh my god. What have you got on your head? Party time. Shoei. It says happy birthday. Well, it's for parties. We are going to show you after the final, you know what I mean? Are you? Yeah, boys. In, in, in I got my Crocs out ready. You got your Crocs? Yeah, You're going to do a shoey and a Croc? I'm going to do a shoey and a Croc. <laughs> Can Crocs even hold drink? <laughs> I'll do it maybe three times, you know, like one by one and stuff. Is that what you're here for today, to do a shoe in a crop? I'm here for phase. If they lose, I'll kill myself. Really? Yeah, mate. Should I notify someone? Uh, a parent or something? Don't do that. I want fucking phase to win something bad. So day three. Uh, was the show match first up, which I thought was hilarious. I managed to watch the whole thing from the stadium. Uh, Stewie 2K came in as the, as the villain to replace um, old mate uh, Just Harry. And um, I thought this was quite fun. It was nice to uh, get a bit of the WWE-style drama. The uh, crowd loved it. And uh, they were chanting, fuck you, Stewie, fuck you, at certain points which was, I guess, you know, much more fun in the context of a show match than it was in the mouse sports match. Uh, I had no interviews in this match, so I thoroughly enjoyed it, especially watching Top Gun play. Top Gun is, a, is an ex-Vox Eminor player. He used to play with uh, Sponge, apparently, and so was Havoc. But Top Gun, I thought, actually put up a very good showing. <laughs> I mean, I, I, don't think, I don't think anyone was sort of not trying... And he was killing it all over the map. I think he, maybe he outfragged even Stewie 2K on the other side as an AWPA. So him and Havoc have apparently started their own team now and are looking for an AWP. Uh, I, I, I wasn't impressed with Havoc's play, to be honest with you. He had an amazing uh, moustache, but uh, I think he whiffed a few, you know, pretty simple AWP shots. Uh, but look... If you're looking to pick up an org, I think you'd do far worse. They're very experienced players. And like I said, I think Top Gun was absolutely popping off and looked very hungry for it. So the best of three, the grand final was FaZe versus Astralis. And uh, my feelings going into this was I actually really wanted to see FaZe win because if you've been following this podcast, you'll know that IEM Sydney 2017 was probably the first time they really came onto my radar. And... uh, a large part of that was down to Carrigan's appealing to the crowd, his uh, charisma, which was very uh, engaging. But um, one of the other things, I guess, was that they seemed to me then as the underdogs in that tournament. Now, I mentioned this to Nico in our interview, and he was like, no, 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 uh, SK were the underdogs in that, and we were the favorites to win. But to the casual observer, SK was a very established team. They'd won two majors, um, and... 
sure, they might have been having a small slump at the start of 2017, but in CSGO, a slump, you know, it can be a month or one bad tournament for a team like SK. Whereas FaZe, on the other hand, had had a lot of roster changes at the start of the year. Uh, Carrigan was a kick from Astralis. Keo was a kick from Envious. Alu was a kick from NIP. Um, and, and Nico had been struggling on, on mouse sports. I mean, he'd been killing it on mouse sports, but he'd been struggling with this bad team. So to me, they were definitely not... They did not have the identity that SK had. And uh, to put up as the sort of fight that they did against SK and almost take it to the um, almost take the trophy the year before, uh, you know, that, that, that was when I went, oh, you know what? I feel like this team has something to prove. Carrigan's got something to prove. He's got something to win. And so even though I love Astralis and I love watching them play and I've been really enjoying seeing them return to form at uh, especially DreamHack Marseille, uh, I had to go with FaZe this year. It would, be, it would have been heartbreaking for them to have lost this grand final again. So the first match was... It was a best of five. The first match was Cash, uh, known as FaZe's best map, and they certainly didn't disappoint. The first thing I noticed was, was that Exist was left behind playing a lurker role that uh, Carrigan usually plays for the first several rounds on the T side. And uh, this meant that Carrigan was much tighter with his group, with the, with the other fraggers. And... When I was watching Exist POV, he was a very good flank player and I think I found him a little more aware than I'd seen Olaf when he was playing flank. And I think this is because it's not really hard to imagine that Olaf sort of wanted to be involved more in the core that was taking his sight. Exist's patience was sort of amazing. So he seems very content to be able to play those flank roles really carefully while the other team are doing all the flashy plays into the site. Uh, he did not stay on flank forever. He later joined the, the group for entry fragging and whatnot. Um, but when he had that rotation, I thought he was doing a, probably a more solid job than I'd seen Olaf doing it. Now, this is not to say he's a better player or he's better on phase. Uh, Olaf obviously was incredibly valuable doing what he did, but... Uh, yeah, it was interesting to see that different feeling, that more separated feeling of the group. Um, it only took a few rounds and, and Exist was entry fragging, but uh, felt like they had a more solid identity on the T side, more of a solid separation of roles. Um, Australis had definitely done their research on where players like Nico love to play. Um, Guardian was on point. Device went 0-9 until he finally got a kill. And Astralis fought back, but Carrigan seemed to have a very good read in their tendencies. And FaZe actually seemed more patient than Astralis, which is a very unusual thing for me to say. I think Carrigan mentioned going into it in an interview that they were looking to play slower, were looking to take their time a bit more, bait out more of the uh, utility and be a little more patient than they usually were. And part of the reasoning he gave for that was because they didn't have Olaf Meister and because they had to take a little more time perhaps to uh, communicate things. Whether or not that was actually the reason or that actually meant that they had to be patient, I think this paid off in dividends. Uh, Nico flashing for Exist seemed to work very well. There was a few times during this best of five that uh, the two of those guys seemed to work very well together. 
Um, I think he mentioned that in his interview as well, their synergy. Majisk and Zipnix put up a very good fight. Uh, Dupree and Device pretty much pooped the bed. Uh, Zipnix won a few clutches with the best positioning. That guy just has, you know, whichever spot he sits, he chooses to sit, just seems to pay off. Um, FaZe, incredibly, seem to have better comms or synergy, especially with the retakes. I can't believe I'm saying this, but uh, Glaive made a bad call as well to go fast, to push sites fast, to try and be explosive for no real reason, it seemed, other than purely surprise. But FaZe sometimes had made the same call, and it was just two people clashing, two teams clashing in the middle, and, you know, if it just comes down to gunfights, Unfortunately, FaZe are probably going to win that, and they did. Uh, I also thought FaZe's rotations were just as fast as Astralis's. Glaive is famous for his mid-round calls, but they sort of didn't seem to make any difference in this game. And it was fitting that Carrigan closed out the map with a 1v2 clutch in the end. It was as if he was just reading Glaive completely. Map 2 was overpass, and once again, it seemed that FaZe knew Astralis all too well, especially Glaive's tendencies to do the fast rotations through mid. I spoke about that in my interview with him uh, prior to this match. And um, it, it did feel like any moment FaZe heard footsteps in Con, they were just pushing straight after them. Like uh, Carrigan knew that when they decided to hit A site, they had so much utility going over that all the players basically had to be there to throw it. And uh, in that pause while they were doing it, someone was pushing up connector, whether it was him or Rain. And these flanks often proved decisive in the rounds. Later on, at one of the rounds, they just left Guardian on A entirely by himself with an orb. <laughs> and you'd think you'd have him anchoring sight, or you'd think Old Mate would sit back and just spot for info on sight. No, no, no. Guardian pushes up bathrooms, gets three kills by himself, like right up in bathrooms. Absolutely bananas. Australis won a few more rounds after that, but seemed to make several blunders and phase looking very calm. Very calm, just punishing their mistakes. This went to double overtime as well. It was a massive 1v2 clutch from, from Exist, which kind of helped Australis' spirits. Glaive, you could see, who was the final guy to get killed on the A site, seemed far more rattled than I've seen him in a long time. So this, this matchup, seemed to like actually puncture a bit of that uh, glassy confidence they usually seem to have. Astralis did some fun triple and quadruple nades on the B site. Exist, I think in an interview later on, said that he knew that they were coming. So they'd obviously done their homework on uh, Astralis as well. But I think the, uh, to the, more importantly, doing those triple or quadruple nades allows an allowed phase to read their positions completely. Um and so get a bit of the positioning uh, advantage on them. Uh, but this map was all about the disrespect, I think, that Carrigan talks about his team playing with, which meant that they were able to get those crucial flanks on the less confident and more grouped-up Astralis. I did feel like Astralis was sort of running around the team a bit as a little, you know, tight-knit group. And uh, when FaZe are playing confident and aggressive, they can be picked off one by one by better positioning. FaZe took that one, and map three was train where FaZe started down the T side and threw 
bunch of different sort of setups, approaches and strats at their T side with no luck at all. Uh, they went down 10-0 until Guardian finally won a 1v3 on the rifle, no less, on A-side, which brought FaZe into the game. And uh, the half went down to 10-4, but I think um, what was interesting was how much FaZe slowed down over those 14 rounds. 15 rounds, I should say. Half went down 11-4. <laughs> we did see them become far more patient in clearing out the bomb sites, and, it's, and it was as if they'd won the first two maps and had gone back to the old phase, just confident, fast hits with most of the team. And by the end of it, I, th- I felt like they had actually regained that patience, cleared out the bomb site properly, every angle before planning it. And uh, as, as Nico mentioned in his interview, once they'd won a few of these rounds on the T side, they knew they had the game. You know, it only took four rounds, and they knew that their T, their CT side was good enough that they could um, take the whole map. Astralis went up to thirteen seven, but then Exist got an amazing play through smoke on B that led Phase to the end, winning at sixteen fourteen. With Rain finally appearing, stepping up big, uh, especially on the um, A side and CT, he had uh, some amazing holds with the M4. Guardian, though, had 90 kills over three maps. He won the MVP. He was just a monster. Like, he... he, Some of these grand finals that FaZe have had, he has just played such a bizarrely high <laughs> skill level. Uh, if you haven't seen his 1v2 clutch on cash, Google it. Even the... like the, So there's two orp, orp kills on that map. Pulling off the first one is absolutely insane, let alone pulling off the second. He just seems like he's reached a whole new level of Yoda. And I did speak with him about this, uh, but the dude seems nonplussed. (laughs) He's just at that Zen level where he's he's probably going to start levitating while playing soon. So there ends the IEM Sydney coverage. I'm going to end the podcast with a few more of the interviews with the punters. And of course, the interviews with the players will be released on subsequent days. Uh, One thing I did want to touch on just before we left is a a couple of emails that I got from some lovely, lovely listeners who sent uh, emails to my new website, thetruthcsgo.com. One of these guys was called Max. um, And he said amongst other things. Hey man, I just got done listening to today's podcast and felt I needed to let you know how much I appreciate them. Oh, I've always wanted a CSGO podcast that wasn't filled with childish banter and meme jokes and the truth is head and shoulders above anything else I've heard. I felt like I've got a bit of childish banter in there, but anyway. I really enjoyed the tournament and game analysis, a breakdown of teams, players, matchups. He, um, he goes on to stroke my ego a fair bit. Then he says, not only are your summaries of what is going on in the scene top-notch, but my absolute favorite part of the podcasts are when you touch on social, societal or psychological problems you perceive in the gaming community, which can be broadened to competition in general and the world at large. Your podcasts always leave me thinking. It's very nice of you, Max, um, and I appreciate it because I think that is going to be far more of the focus of the podcast going forward. I saw on Reddit today, DDK has 
uh, started a podcast. Rush B is going from strength to strength. By the numbers is still going. Uh, and this podcast definitely has a place amongst this all. But it's probably more of a place about life and less about analysis of pro matches. I did feel like doing all these interviews at IEM was somewhat of anathema to why I got into this scene in the first place. I didn't necessarily just want to analyze matches in this podcast. And uh, as some of you would know, a lot of it is just <laughs> purely self-therapy. And you'll hear in my interviews with the with the players, there's I veer off course fairly often. Uh, so look forward to more of that. And also, um, on that, on that, on that, on that note, there is a gambling episode coming up. I've just recorded the final interview for that as of last night. That was a very intense interview with a man who has been gambling since he was 15 until at the age of 45, he was jailed for three years for embezzling a huge amount of money to pay for his gambling habits. So that episode will comprise of that interview along with several younger people who've been involved in gambling in the Counter-Strike scene. Look forward to that. Uh, I had another note from Casper from Denmark. He says, hey man, love your podcast. Just a little correction. Zipnix from Australis is pronounced Zipex. Keep up the good work. Best regards from Denmark. Um, Casper. I assumed that you were the authority on this, seeing as you hail from Denmark, and I was uh, I was very happy to receive your email. However, in my interview with Glaive, he mentioned he mentioned his teammate Zipnix, and I questioned him about this, and he clarified that it's Zipnix. So, <laughs> when you listen to that podcast to that interview, you can definitely hear the sounds of me gloating. Um, but thank you for the feedback. He did say, look, you can call it Zipex. So it is it is up for debate still. We can debate it uh, further if you would like. But um, the fact that he called him Zipnex, that's the nail in the coffin for me. Putting that one to bed. Uh, there is merch now. You can, you can wear the Truth CSGO podcast threads. Just go to redbubble.com. R-E-D-B-U-B-B-L-E.com and search for The Truth CSGO Podcast. Uh, you can get T-shirts, you know, I think clocks, uh, iPhone covers. Basically made it available in almost anything you can slap a logo on. If you're going to get a T-shirt, I would suggest dark blue. That's what uh, me and my brother printed out for the tournament. And I think uh, that had the best mesh with the logo similar to what is on the background of the podcast uh, Twitter. So um, the website, as I said, is thetruthcsgo.com. Twitter is at thetruthcsgo. You can contact me on the truth at thetruthcsgo.com. Music in this episode was by Beaufort. And look forward to these player interviews coming out very shortly. Going to leave you with some of the final interviews from around the audience areas at IEM Sydney 2018. You guys make this event. You guys make these teams want to come back and you make this what it is. And give them the show. Give them everything they want. You guys love Counter Strike. Let's show them again this year.
you're a math sports fan? Um, yeah, since yesterday. <laughs> since yesterday? Yeah, since yesterday. Since they defeated the boys? Yes. No. Yes, actually. Well, are you a, you're Australian? Someone, someone you have has an to be bad accent? in this whole place. So you're going to be the villain amongst your group of friends? Yeah, I okay. try to be. What, what's your These name? are all about Australian teams. What's, I need to be the bad guy. What's your name? Brian. Brian. Brian the villain. Yeah, Brian the villain. Brian the dick shit. Are you... The, the what? <laughs> the dick shit. Dick shit? <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> D-I-C-K-S-H-I-T. S-H-I-T, yeah, man. Nobody likes a dick shit. I just interviewed a 13-year-old boy and said, listen to the podcast. You'll be on it later. This is not going on the podcast. <laughs> That's all right, then. <laughs> you did tell me it's supposed to be PG-13. You're not here for Counter-Strike at all. No, no, I'm, I'm here with my nephew. I've come along with him. So when did they split off from Half-Life? Was it 2000 or...? About 99, I think. 99? The mode came so that's out. when I used to play. So when I was wow. in high school, um, I was 17, 18. Yeah. I was surprised last year when he invited me to come along. Yeah. I'm like, Counter-Strike? <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> this thing's still going? He's like, that's the biggest thing, you know? It's, just, it's uh, almost 20 years. That's mm, been that long. So. How does that make you feel? Oh. We have some more Virtus Pro fans here. Why are there so many Virtus Pro fans in the crowd today? I'm protesting. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm protesting the fact that there are no good teams. You know, it'll rep the one and only. All right. So today you're slumming it, basically. Having to watch some games with some some tier three teams, Faze, Australis. And at the same time, it, it's I, I low-key feel like it's, it's a good thing. My, my pride's kept like this because I feel like Virtus Pro was here. They just get like 16-0 or something. You know, like. So we've got one, two, three, four girls here. None of you know anything about Counter-Strike. Oh, no. no oh, like our friend is like playing Serena. Oh, really? In the girls' team? Yeah. And you guys have come to support her? Yeah. But you know nothing about Counter-Strike? Well, we, we do. But we... You're streamers? Yeah. What do you stream? I do ASMR streams. ASMR. What's that? It's basically like when you hear sounds and stuff like that. I have a really cool microphone. It has ears on the side of it and you like touch them and stuff. Like fluffy ears? No. No, no, no. no. They're like synthetic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, called a 3DO microphone, yeah. And so what happens? And so basically, it's like, imagine if you're cupping your own ears in yeah. real life. It yeah. sounds like that, but through your headphones. You know when you go get your hair cut? Yeah. And they get the, like, blade at the end, yeah. and, like, do your neck, and yeah. it makes your neck tingle? Yeah. Yeah, that's what it is. ASMR. They can make you feel that through sounds. What are we all doing at this event? We should all be at home ASMRing. Look, you're not wrong. That's I'd rather be in bed. <laughs> oh, I'm telling Serena. <laughs> Serena probably would rather be in bed. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. maybe that's what's holding women's Counter-Strike back. <laughs> Alright, so I'm here with, uh, what's your name? Ham. Ham? Yeah. Alright, and you just played for Lil Susie? Lil Susie, that's correct, yeah. How'd you guys go? Uh, not too good, we lost. <laughs> Um, but we've definitely we've only been together like three weeks. Oh. Yeah. So for how long we've been together, I'm pretty happy with our progress. So. Right. What's your role in the team? Last live, lurking around, you know. Last live. Get, yeah. You're trying the beta. To get info. Yeah. I'm the beta. <laughs> pretty much. How long have you been playing Counter Strike? Five years almost. Five years. Yeah. Yeah. My partner played Source, so I had a good introduction to it. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. But five years now. How do you think uh, the female scene is going in Australia? Um, pretty positive. Uh, I think the one big thing we need to focus on is staying together at the moment with our lineups. Why haven't you been staying together? Oh no, I think it's most teams in general. After tournaments, most teams split up and find new teams, whether it's female drama or just uh, not finding time in your personal life to actually play. Right. So yeah, I think if um, a bunch of girls can just grind it out for at least a year together, that you'll find some really solid That'll teams by the end of it. Yeah. 
Yeah. Are Lil Susie going to be together for a year? Hopefully. Where does your name come from? Kanye West, Jay-Z song, Hard as a Motherfucker. So I've just found three lads who are wearing a team jersey that I've never seen, and apparently they're from the team Osiris. What's that? It's, uh, it's our org. We, we own it. Um, it's relatively, like, new. You guys started your own org? Yeah. That's fucking amazing. Yeah. How old is this org? It, it used to be called Info, which is a cod sniping clan, and so we rebranded it, like, maybe three weeks ago. And you guys are like the, the Australian phase then. You started with cod. Um, I guess you could look at it like that, yeah, in a way. Do you have Lamborghinis too? <laughs> we, wish. Um, we wish. That's happening. No. It's coming. Not yet, not yet. I've got a 32 year old Saab. I have a Saab. So I've just stumbled across yeah. the management the team level. for Atletico. Would you like to introduce yourselves? Um, my name's Sweetloaf, Kirsty. This is uh, Josh of uh, Explosions. Uh, Marco Shots. So we did have a team. Unfortunately, it didn't work out too well, but um, they played pretty strong. It's just um, the team decided to move on, unfortunately. Are you going to be doing a little bit of scouting today? <laughs> at the one-on-ones and the uh, casual comps that are going on? Potentially. Are you interested in a washed-up 34-year-old MG1? Yes. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. We'll awesome. pick you up. Alright, great. <laughs> Where do I sign? I don't like mouths a lot. I fucking hate mouths. We've had this... What did I say? Hold on. What did you say, sir? Fuck off, mate. Really? Why? It's a phase off. You said my podcast is shit. What is even your podcast? It's called the Truth CSGO Podcast. You didn't even know what it was and you said it was shit. Why did you do that? I didn't say yours was shit, man. I just said oh. podcasts in general was shit. Are they? Why? I think so. That's my opinion. People are allowed opinions.